This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. It has been way too long in the making, but it's finally here. We have Hacker Valley merchandise for people to purchase and rep that Hacker Valley swag that we all love and appreciate. We have shirts, we have hats, we have sweatshirts that you can purchase, and it's some of my favorite clothing. No lie, if you see me on a live stream or you see me out in the street, you're going to see me wearing one of our pieces of clothing. We put time, attention, and detail into everything we do, and this is no different. Please check out our merch at store.hackervalley.com. And thanks for being a part of the Hacker Valley family. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again with a friend of the podcast, someone that has been on the podcast before. If you haven't already listened to Hacker Valley Blue, episode three, check it out. We have Valentina Palacine in the house again, author of Practical Threat Intelligence and Data-Driven Threat Hunting, a hands-on guide to threat hunting with attack framework and open source tools. And she's Threat Intel and Threat Hunting Lead at Marketa. Valentina, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Chris and Ron. Thank you very much for having me again. It's a pleasure. Of course. You know, we're doing these episodes where we dive deep on different aspects of cybersecurity. And Ron and I were sitting around talking about threat hunting. And we said, well, we've got some experience threat hunting. I've led threat hunting teams in the past. Ron was a threat hunter. But we thought, why not bring out the big guns and you? (laughs) But for the folks that don't know who you are just yet, let's hear a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. Big guess. I don't know if that exactly applies to me. Let's let's roll with it. So I used to work at Deloitte in the intelligence department. And now I'm working at Marketa and Threat Operations Lead, where I'm I'm trying to establish a threat hunting and threat intelligence programs uh, from scratch, which has been interesting and challenging all at the same time. That's incredible that you've gone from really focused on languages, right? You were a translator and then worked your way through threat intelligence and now threat hunting. For me, I feel like we should probably attempt to define what threat hunting is. And one of the ways I've always looked at threat hunting is looking for the events, looking for the traffic, looking for the attacks that your conventional solutions do not catch. Would you agree with that or would you have a different spin on what threat hunting is? I agree. I will just add some minor details, I guess. I will say that the idea is to do it with a strategy, not just by looking around and that threat hunting tries to provide you with the strategy to what are you supposed to be looking for in order to detect specific threats. And I think I will add, it starts when automation ends. So the point is to try to go further to what our security solutions might not be detecting. The way I look at it is threat intelligence meets security operations. Like you have information from 
threat intelligence. Maybe it's from a source like a vendor or an analyst, and you use that information as part of your operations to maybe create alerts or bring information to your attention that you normally wouldn't have. So I guess for you, Valentina, like where would you say that you really lean on like threat intelligence or really the application of threat intelligence and and threat hunting? It would depend on the company. I think we like to think that security, it's the end of all, especially us that we are all in security, right? So (laughs) we like to think that the world revolves around security, but Ultimately, it's not true, and the world revolves around whatever the company's product is. Um, so I will say that more than threat intelligence, what leads operation, it's the company's main product. And after that, it's everything uh, security. And within security, um, yeah, I think we can say that threat intelligence can lead operations. I like to think it as a, as a means to empower the security team to be like externally you can use threat intelligence to advertise why security is important why the security team is concerned about something you can leverage information to promote the security team and internally you can also use threat intelligence to breach gaps maybe between different teams and have them collaborate better you can also use it for threat hunting and to build detections so I like to think it as a central position more than maybe mm-hmm. at top of the pyramid. But yeah, um, we can say like you can lead operations with threat intelligence. So I'll be honest, when I was a threat hunter, we didn't really have a big program. I didn't have a lot of solutions or vendors, but I had Chris. I was like, Chris, you got to give me all the information you got and I will try to plug it into all of the sources of information all of the solutions that we have internally and let you know if we find any threats. But, you know, that was actually pretty hard. It was pretty hard to like, one, create a system for me and Chris to work together and constantly get information. Uh, Chris, I wanted to ask you, what was the most impactful thing of working with a threat hunter when we worked together? I would say the most impactful thing is that satisfaction that you get when your intelligence actually helps find something on the network. I think that's what's really, really impactful. And that shows you that there is value in threat intelligence, because a lot of the times it takes time for the security appliances to pick up intelligence or indicators or signatures or even some of the behaviors that we're seeing out in open source. We're seeing researchers catch. So we're trying to beat everybody to the punch by doing our own threat hunting. And so that's one of the things that I constantly think about is that when you and I were doing that back in the day, it was a handoff. But with Valentina, Valentina's taking it end to end. She's taking that intelligence and then bringing it into operations with the threat hunting. What would you say is the flow? Because a lot of folks start with the hypothesis, right? But once you get that hypothesis from threat intelligence, like what is your go to for getting it into operations? So I like to work with diagrams. I, I, they help me a lot to think. They can take time. So I know not everyone uh, will like this approach. But I like to make diagrams and try to think uh, how will it reflect in the logs, not just by saying like, okay, the threat actor is doing that, but how will that reflect in the logs? What would I need to look for in order to see that? And I usually do small diagrams and try to see, okay, th- so this might be reflected maybe in Sysmod and then 11. 
Uh, and so I do that and then I go actually do the hunting. So walk us through like a, a day in the life, right? Like, so if you were going to be performing some threat hunting on a specific day, like today, what would be kind of your workflow for getting, you know, those pieces in place to perform that type of action? So first I will start with intelligence. I will choose something, uh, for example, let's say I'm concerned about a specific threat actor. I always use Lazarus Group <laughs> as an example because I, I, they're right. very fun. But besides that, uh, let's say I'm concerned about the Lazarus Group. So, um, And I know we are vulnerable to a specific technology within our company and a type of attack they do. So I will choose that and I will say, okay, if they will execute that in my environment, how they will do it. So I will create a, a ticket for the hunt. And uh, I will try to devise different ways that that can be reflected in the logs. And I will um, run the, uh, speed up the lab, try to execute an attack that generates those logs. And after that, I want to try to see if I can find that with my hypothesis to build a detection that I can may in- integrate in our, in our CM and, and stop in any, any attack that looks like that. You know, I wanted to ask both of you, because when Ron started hunting, this is like 2015 or something like that. And, and in cybersecurity, that's like 50 years ago. So I'm curious to see, Ron, what changes have you seen in threat hunting since then? And then Valentina, even in the time that you've been doing it, what, what progressions have you seen in threat hunting? Let's start with you, Ron. It's completely different. When I was first getting into threat hunting, I didn't have as many peers as I could have had today. There was not really that many people with that type of defined role. There were people that were definitely doing it, but it was harder to find who exactly was a threat hunter because they might have not had that title. But when I was first getting into it, like I was mentioning, Chris, you were supplying me with information and I was trying to create like automation to continuously look for the information that you sent me within like our internal solutions and also in our customers environment. That was really the extent of it, like really just kind of onboarding threat intelligence and and automating the results of what has been found. But now there's so much iteration that goes into threat hunting. There's more planning that goes into it. Like for me, when I got started, it was really like you give me the information and I immediately try to go run with it rather than understand what is the threat doing? Like what are the tactics, the techniques and the procedures and working that way first and kind of like prioritizing threat intelligence. But when I was getting into it, I was just like, give me everything and let's create a million alerts. And now it's (laughs) really tailored and a lot more organized. I kind of agree with Ron, but also like I come from South America. So um, here things are different. But when I started, nobody was paying attention to threat intelligence. Uh, And now it became something that more people are talking about, more people want to uh, maybe run their own programs and it's uh, less of a, a very advanced product and trying to add for intelligence to any any material level in, within the, the security program, which I think is great. Um, and that also uh, has positively impacted threat hunting. Like um, I found that a lot of people still doesn't understand what it is or how to do it or what's the concept behind it. And there's a lot of people that still think that doing hunting is just looking at the logs without any type of plan, without any type of organization, with, without a lab environment, without the execution of it. 
So I think that's gradually changing and we are seeing more people talking about threat hunting, more people saying that threat hunting is not about just checking the logs, but actually having a strategy and having a, a hunting lab. And there's also more vendors that are trying to improve the data quality uh, of the logs. It's crucial in order to be effective when doing threat hunting. Like data quality is one of the centerpieces of threat hunting. Now, I wanted to ask you both, what are some of the characteristics or qualities that you want out of a threat hunter that's helping you and your your operations and keeping your organization safe? And if any of the things that you mentioned are, are in this job description, I will read it back. So uh, let's start with you, Valentina. So um, this is tricky is I really like working with junior people. Um, so I'm going to mention stuff that I would like to have in a junior <laughs> Great. Um Maybe we can move then into more senior if you want, but uh, I think that's very important to open places for, for junior staff to, to start learning and give them the opportunity as someone did with me, right? When I joined security, uh, I had no idea. Chris mentioned first I did languages, so I, I had a translation background and I moved into programming and then I moved into security. But when I reached security, I had no idea about security practices and someone gave me the opportunity. So I like to do that. What I look for a junior candidate that I want him or her to learn uh, will be first, I want someone that is curious, that has a lot of curiosity and you can see that they are hungry to learn. I want someone that has interest into Intel, keeps up with the news and knows what's going on and understands, at least understands different type of malware and somewhat familiar with some threat actors. Maybe they have some political interest, like they follow the political news and stuff. That's something that I will also add as a plus. And pretty much uh, trying to figure out if that someone I'm interviewing has some sort of detective instinct, you know, because like in the end, uh, hunting is a little bit about doing that. So that's what I will go for a junior candidate. 100%. It's all about that detective instinct. It's all about that curiosity and about being relentless. A lot of times, even in threat intelligence, but especially in threat hunting, when you're looking for something specific, you have to turn over every stone to find what you're looking for. And sometimes that takes time. And those folks that are geared towards that where they get into flow while they're doing their investigation and, and three hours go by and they don't even blink. That's the type of person that you're kind of looking for when it comes to threat hunting. But then also someone that really understands what health looks like on a network. What does normal look like versus abnormal? What does malicious look like versus suspicious? Like knowing those little nuances would be super, super helpful for a person that's looking for what bad looks like on a network. What do you think, Ron? Yeah, I think those are all really great points. I think that when you really look at it and look at what goes into threat hunting, it requires someone to be very dynamic. They have to be able to consume data and also do something with that information and also constantly be in that state of learning. And I think that's exactly what you all are describing is like someone who can learn things on the fly, someone who's curious curious enough 
to want to learn those things and rapidly change as the landscape changes. Um, you know, for me, I think that junior is a great way to go because it someone can quickly get very good at threat hunting because the technology is always changing. Infrastructure is always changing. So they're almost starting with a clean slate if they're a junior. But what about the senior people, like the people that think that they are some of the best threat hunters in the world? What are some of the characteristics that that person might think that they have? Good question. You expect someone senior in threat hunting to have some good understanding of uh, how to read logs. And depending on the system you're working on, if you are working with Windows environments, you expect that someone to be pretty familiar with this mod and the um, Windows Event Manager and like anything that allows you to to see what's happening in the in the computer. We will also expect the senior candidate will have a better understanding of what's baseline behavior and what's not, as Chris mentioned. You know, that's something I wouldn't expect for a junior candidate. That's something I will expect more from a more advanced threat hunter. I will also expect them to be more familiar with data quality methodology and how to improve the quality of the data and how to normalize logs. Um, that's something I think I will expect the, the senior threat hunter to be more familiar with. They will probably have a better instinct following the hunt that gives <laughs> you uh, room to find that malicious behavior, right? It's something that grows with experience. I definitely agree with that. I also feel like a senior should be able to readily take that intelligence and turn it into a hunting hypothesis. I really think it's all about that that system, that structure for not only starting with that hypothesis and forming it with threat intelligence, but also getting it to the point where it might turn into automation so that you don't have to hunt for that particular activity anymore because now you have detections for it and then you can move on to the next thing. So really looking for someone that's able to close that out end to end. I agree 100% with what Chris said. So now we're at the part where we're talking about how do folks get into threat hunting? Who are some of the folks that could easily transition from whatever they're doing into threat hunting? Or is there no playbook? Is it really open-ended as long as they have the desire and the aptitude in order to get into threat hunting? So I've heard it all. I heard that you need to be more advanced senior security engineer in order to be able to do threat hunting. I personally disagree. I think uh, it's a matter of will and taking time and putting the hours and not giving up, but that anyone should be able to do threat hunting as long as they really want to. I like this approach of removing these gates for people. So that's actually what the my, my book is about. I'm trying to give a, an approach in terms of, okay, let's say that you don't know anything about threat intel and you don't know anything about threat hunting. If you follow these steps, by the end of the book, you will be able to understand the whole process and do it on your own. And the rest is up to you and to keep practicing. So this is perfect. That means that if anyone wants to get into it, they can just pick the book up, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to say it's kind of like a sales pitch, but um, I can give some alternatives besides my book because I don't want to be just saying, oh, buy my book. No, um, there's some people, incredible people that are putting a lot of material out there for free. Um, and you have um, uh, Jose and Roberto Rodriguez have been doing uh, massive work and it's all available for the community. 
you can join OTR, Open Thread Research, which is a community where you can um, find people interested in, in hunting and help you grow. Uh, so I think that those are two very good places to start. Also, David Bianco has a threadhuntingproject.org, I think, if I'm not mistaken, with the URL. So there's a lot of material there. So you can just go and start reading and start practicing. You know, we were just speaking right before the podcast that there's actually been quite a demand for your book, right? There's They're doing translation and it's going to be in different languages. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I learned yesterday night that it's going to be translated into Korean and Chinese. So it's going to be available soon in those languages. And I'm looking forward to one day have it translated into Spanish, but maybe I will have to do it myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. You had, this book's so good, you had to write it twice. Um, right. <laughs> for, for people that want to stay up to date with you, get a hold of your book, what are the best ways that people can do that? So the book is available on Amazon and also on packet side, but I recommend it to just go uh, straight to Amazon. You have the Kindle and you have uh, the, the physical copy available. And to keep up with me, the best way is either LinkedIn with search my name or in uh, Twitter that I have my Twitter with Fiery Termite. And I, I'm always, my DMs are always open if anyone has questions about the book or whatever. I'm always happy to help. Awesome. Thanks so much, Valentina. We will be sure to drop your Twitter and LinkedIn in the show notes along with your book. And it's always great chatting, especially about threat hunting. We'll see everyone next time. Thank you very much. If you found value in this content, it would mean the world to us if you shared it on social media, sent it to a friend, or talked about it over coffee. Thank you.